Are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for Election Day. Are you registered to vote at your current address? More than 60% of eligible voters have never been asked to register. Headcount.org is working to change that. At headcount.org, you can also check your registration status. Millions of people get purged from the voter rolls every year. Everyone should check their registration status each year. The deadline to register to vote in some states is as early as October 4th, so you want to check before then. You can also request an absentee ballot, get info on early voting, find your polling place, and see what's on your ballot. Headcount is a nonpartisan nonprofit that tours with musicians to help concert attendees register to vote. You don't have to leave your house to register or to get voting info. Just visit headcount.org. Let's not let anyone stop the vote. Register to vote at headcount.org so no one can block the vote. That's headcount.org. Please be advised, all music tracks used in this production are sole property of Kelson Communications and our original compositions. Also, please be advised that the sound bite you'll hear from Dr. Richard Stone I was granted permission to use from administrative personnel at the VA in Washington. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. Coming up will be a Kelson on the Air social work podcast special series entitled Social Workers Confronting COVID-19 with Compassion, Courage, and Character. Over the next several weeks, you will hear from social workers from all over the country share their stories and their experiences battling and dealing with this devastating pandemic. It is my greatest wish that these stories will garner a new level of appreciation for the vitally important role that social workers play in confronting the challenges, heartbreak, and tragedies this coronavirus is wreaking on all of us. Social workers are there for everyone right now as they are always. To open up this series, please hear this profound message from Dr. Richard Stone, executive in charge of the Veterans Health Administration in Washington, D.C. Following that, we'll hear from Ms. Alyssa Brown, a newly graduated MSW from the Adelphi University School of Social Work. Please listen, learn, and be inspired. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I want to talk to you about our social work community. You know, social workers are always there. They're always part of our team and they're always interacting with our patients for various specific needs. But now with social isolation, uh, people, uh, people have need social workers for the first time. And our social workers, for the most part, have worked face-to-face with our patients and their families. Now they can't do that. It's very difficult work, and it's unprecedented the level of support we've gotten from our social works community. I want you to think about how much financial instability has has been induced during all of this shutdown. Uh, People are worried about money, people are worried about their jobs, people are worried about each other, and it's our social workers who are the glue that holds this together. And in any really good healthcare system, the social workers are out in front trying to make sure families are well taken care of and all of the unique needs that are not met by our medical professionals are really handled by the social work community. So today I'd like you to take a minute and just thank your social workers that are part of your team 
and recognize how much extraordinary work they've been able to accomplish throughout this pandemic. Thank you. To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Our special guest for today is Miss Alyssa Brown, who is a youth educator with nearly 15 years' experience in leadership development, community organizing, counseling, and providing career services to youth. This Brooklyn native continues to serve the underserved through their lifespan, now working as a social worker for the elderly. She's a recent graduate of Adelphi University and has added MSW to her list of academic accomplishments, which include a B.S. in Human Services from Toro College and an M.S. in Organizational Leadership from Mercy College. She is also a member of the National Association of Social Workers and the founder of the startup Girls' Corner, a nonprofit organization with the mission to encourage, inspire, educate, and build self-confident young ladies ages 11 through 18. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to today's show, Miss Alyssa Brown. Thank you, thank you so much. We're going to be talking to you about your experience as a student. While you were a student, you did some really wonderful things that helped out a lot with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'd like to just read for our listeners a little quote to start the conversation. The quote says, we have wonderful stories for this month. And I'd also like to call out three of our social work students. Alyssa Brown, MSW, Master of Social Work, Class of 2020, works directly with COVID-19 patients and their families at a skilled nursing facility in Brooklyn, New York. She provides daily interventions and support in this high-risk community. Congratulations again. And that appeared in the May 2020 edition of the publication that Adelphi puts out called From the Desk of the President, Dr. Christine Reardon, who is the president of Adelphi University. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to be honored in that way. I got this position actually through Adelphi, through the internship department. He put up a posting that the skilled nursing facility was looking for a social worker. So I applied. This has been my first work experience as a social worker. Mm-hmm. So we were asked who um, is still currently working during the pandemic. A lot of internships were canceled because of the pandemic. But because I was an OYR student, one-year residency, mm-hmm. I was still working there. It was still my job. Okay. Um, so I just responded to them, letting them know what I still do with the residents and their families. Okay. All right. Great. A little bit later, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to kind of talk about some of the things that you did and uh, that you do addressing the issues of the pandemic for the uh, residents of that skilled nursing facility. But let's give our listeners a little insight into what made you want to become a social worker and what does that mean to you, Alyssa? It started for me as a young person looking for employment. I had actually went to a nonprofit organization because I didn't have the skills to get a job. And something with that case manager 
clicked with me mm-hmm. and I said, this is something that I want to do. Um, so this is where me working with the youth for over 15 years came from helping them with employment and internships and job readiness. Then I also realized that, hey, I need to do more. And that's when I started looking into social work. I wanted to take my career a step further. This is how I unlocked my door of becoming a social worker. Wonderful, wonderful. So it was almost like a smooth transition for you because you had already... It definitely was. You already were in the helping profession and that's where you have developed a lot of your background and skills. And, And I think that's a great way to segue into... Um, taking it up to the next level by pursuing your MSW. Talk a little bit about your expectations versus the reality in the social work field. Well, being that this was a career change for me, I really didn't know what to expect. I just knew that it would still be along of advocacy and and helping people. Um, But my reality of getting into the workplace is like, wow, you know, social workers do a lot. (laughs) And they're not, they're not, and they're not as valued for the work that they do. Thank um, you. Something um, that in my other work experiences was formal training. And as a social worker, you're learning as you go daily, day, you know, day to day. So things change. So that was definitely new to me in a learning curve. But through my colleagues who were very helpful in sharing information and training, this is how I've been now almost there a year and a half. Very good. And you made a great point. Uh, social workers are always in a position where we have to adapt on the fly. And no matter how many years of experience that we have working in the field, it always seems that something comes up where we have to be uh, ready to, to change and adapt. So we're always um, in a state of on the job training, as I like to say. Yes. So that, yes. I think that's one of the skills that brings social workers into a different realm because we can adapt so easily. Um, And I think it's because of the foundation that, you know, people get into social work because they like to help people. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so you you were doing a lot of specific things to help during this pandemic. So talk a little bit about your experience working during the pandemic and the fears and how you were able to manifest through it. So when the city was put on pause, I'm going to be honest, that's when I learned that I was an essential worker and I was scared. Mm -hmm. Um, I was scared because I really didn't know what we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, I was afraid of bringing something home that we didn't know. Um, During this pandemic, I actually began to question if I was on the right path of being in the healthcare field. But I reached out to my closest friends and even some Adelphi professors to talk to what I was dealing with. And I received so much support and encouragement from everyone that my anxiety began to calm down. My colleagues supported me day to day to encourage me to come in um, and continue. And although we're still going through the pandemic, I'm still afraid. But now we're getting tested twice a week. My anxiety has calmed down, and I do know that I am in the right field and want to continue in the healthcare setting. Wow, that's awesome, awesome. Uh, that, that's an interesting thing that you just mentioned, that the question came up from others, do, are you sure you're on the right path? How did that make you feel when, when, they, when they actually asked you that? It was also 
them, but also myself. Ah. I was questioning myself. Mm-hmm. Am I on the right field? Because working with the youth, we, we haven't gone through any pandemic or anything. Um, so I didn't initially think in the healthcare skilled nursing setting that we will be experiencing this front and center. Um, so that's where I questioned, is this where I really wanted to be? But I do realize I need to be here. This is, this is my, my field. When did you come to that realization? Um, actually, we're in June now. So mm-hmm. it started about March, mid-April, mm-hmm. okay. right before um, finishing up school. Talking to my professors and my colleagues really helped me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, many times it's, it's said many times, Alyssa, that um, we don't choose social work. Social work chooses us, and right. and and people that are drawn to social work, they just have a a, a strong desire and a strong um, want or, or the need to 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 help people to do better and to get to the next phase and to get to the next level. And I think that's one of the things that makes social workers so special is because you know they dedicate their whole life and their whole being to helping somebody get past a tough spot and people don't realize the value that 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 has and that's one of the reasons why I think it's very important for you know all social workers to tell their story and and talk about you know why they came into the field and what it means to them so that people can see that it's not just you know a job it's a calling and you know, you you answered that call. You you had questions about it. You, you talked to your professors, and you came out thinking that you made the right decision and you're in the right field. And I have to say, 100%, I have to agree with you because you know this this is one profession where there's always so many different areas that you could work in. And every time you work in an area, it increases your knowledge as a social worker so that you become very well versed and skilled in many different areas. So, um, right. that, that's the, that's one of the beauties about social work. That being said, um, can you talk about what you've learned about your strengths and weaknesses throughout this pandemic, being on the front lines as an essential worker? What I learned is that my strength is advocating for the safety of my clients and, and my colleagues. Um, I really did care about, did the nursing have PPE? Did we have PPE? Um, and just speaking up about that and, and making sure that, okay, we're, we're getting that in place and advocating for the, the residents because this is traumatizing for them as well. They're isolated. Everything happened so quickly where now their family members couldn't come in to see them. Um, and as social workers, we were there front and center providing that emotional support to them and having difficult conversations. Um, so something that's also a strength that I realized is having those difficult conversations during a pandemic is hard. And when I say difficult conversations, we're talking about advanced directives, funeral arrangements, and, and calling families. So we had to, as social workers, you know, buckle up and make these phone calls. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, you know, I've heard, you know, a lot of stories about how how hard and how difficult um, that was. And, 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 you know, not as much now, but when the pandemic first hit, 
Um, it was the social workers that were right there in those skilled nursing facilities in the hospitals, um, you know, holding the hands of the patients, uh, being that go-between between the patient and the families who couldn't come and visit. How did you find your experience with comforting some of those that were in the skilled nursing facility? Um, what kind of tactics did you use um, to assure them that, that things were going to be okay? So this is where my personal fears had to be put aside. Mm. And I still had to put that straight face on and go in those rooms and talk to the residents. Because in the beginning, we didn't know what it was. We just knew, you know, patients had fevers, but we still had to go in those rooms and talk to them. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't show any fear. I still went in, good morning, how are you? How can I help you? Or, you know, do you need to talk to a family member? and make those phone calls. Mm. And then you found that the uh, residents, I'm sure, were, were, were very appreciative of your efforts as well, correct? Yes, they were very appreciative of it. Um, something that I noticed, too, with social workers is that we don't have time to grieve. Mm. Excellent um, point. Yeah, a lot of social workers have lost many residents, and we didn't really have time to grieve those residents. Um, because of the funeral homes being overwhelmed, families, short notice, you know, trying to make funeral arrangements. Mm -hmm. And we're just calling the families to provide that emotional support while calling funeral homes to see, can you, you know, do a service for this person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've built relationships with our residents. So it did hurt to see when someone passed away. Absolutely, absolutely, and that, that's one of the one of the key skills uh, that that uh, we're taught as social workers is to is how to uh, effectively engage with our clients um, that we're working with, and and certainly uh, in a skilled, skilled nursing facility uh, with you know many times you know elderly you know uh, frail and fragile clients and patients um that attachment becomes even more uh special and it becomes even more important to that person and then we could just imagine someone who's got family members coming to visit on a regular basis and now all of a sudden they can't come and the Mm -hmm. only connection they have the only contact they have is with uh staff members like yourself so right um, you now become almost like second secondary family. And so now, sure, if something happens to them, absolutely, you're going to feel uh, something uh, of, of sadness and remorse. And I had a lot of social workers tell me since I've been working on this special project, they always sit, you know, if they have experienced that and ask themselves, did I do enough? Did I do everything that I can? Right, and, that and, is true. Yeah, and, and and that becomes you know a question where, where social workers have to know that um, if your heart is in it, you know that you gave it everything that you had. Um, it doesn't make it any easier. Um, and like you said, you don't get a chance to grieve um, because then now you have to go to the next patient and try right. to console them and comfort them and take care of them. Um, right, because they're their friends also that they've lost. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now during this pandemic, um, a lot of administrative and uh, administrative support um, issues had to be addressed 
um, and also nursing home preparedness. Talk a little bit about, you know, how that was addressed um, by yourself and your uh, colleagues and, and the superiors. I will have to say that social workers are a resilient group. Um, we jumped in. We've been working since the beginning of this pandemic, uh, many not taking any days off. And I feel like the nursing home did the best what they can, what they had. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fear, not just for whoever works in the nursing home, but people were scared. Mm-hmm. So that also limited the staff that was coming in. And everyone really just pulled together to provide the care for the residents. So I did like that, what I saw in the facility. Mm-hmm. Although we didn't have the testing and the support that we needed, we still provided that care to the residents and worked together. It reminds me of that old saying that teamwork makes the dream work. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely did, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was my first pandemic. I mean, I'm sure it is for many others. Yes. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but just being reminded at every turn that somebody was passing away or being hospitalized, it did take a lot on my mental health. Sure, I'm sure. Uh, but one thing I, you know, I certainly applaud you in, in recognizing and highlighting is the fact that, as you stated um, so correctly, that social workers are a very resilient bunch. You know, they jump in, they see something that needs to get done. They roll up their sleeves, they jump in and they try to do it. And they, and, and in many instances, they do it very quiet and unassumingly, um, mm-hmm. which is, was just, uh, you know, you know, going through another interview that I did with a previous social worker. Um, and, and she said that social workers do so many things and do it so quietly that People don't even realize that they're there until a serious uh, crisis comes out. And then they go, wow, I didn't know social workers did all of that. Right. And, and, and social workers do everything, but people just don't see it that way because we don't tell our story. And, and we, we, do, we do need to change that. That's why, you know, like I try to highlight things that social workers do because the general public needs to know all of the value that we bring to society every day in every aspect of society that you could think of, which is is very important the message for us to continue to get out. So I'm glad you highlighted the fact of the resiliency, jumping in there and doing what needs to be done, working together as a team. Those are all some of the special characteristics of someone who is a social worker. Um, now, the other thing that's really important that you, you pointed out in topics you'd like to really talk about is the work-life balance during the pandemic. Now, you mentioned earlier, Alyssa, a lot mm-hmm. of the social workers were working day after day after day after day and not taking any days off because of that level of commitment and that sense of caring. So how were you and how were some of you and your colleagues able to balance work and life during the pandemic? It was challenging. And whenever somebody was having a day struggling, we supported each other. For me, what I learned is that, you know, I'm not in this alone, and I really did appreciate that support from my colleagues. But I am responsible for creating a balance and not my employer. So we had to work through that, too. So that's why we joined together to support each other. For me, at one point, I was managing school, finishing up school, working, 
And then now my child being home with remote learning. I often did feel like giving up, but my support system wouldn't allow me to. And that's when I also reminded myself of my why. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? It kind of reminded me of the old, the, the slogan of the just say no <laughs> to drugs. Yes. But it's what we should say when we're feeling overwhelmed. You know, just say no to the person or whatever it is. And it's about creating boundaries to protect my mental he- mental health. Excellent. Excellent point. Um, said that very, very uh profoundly profoundly stated i should say um and that's a big issue um in today's uh social work profession is you know the level of burnout because social workers because of their resiliency because of their commitment because of their strong passion and their belief uh they jump in and they go and they do and they jump they put out fire from they go from fire to fire to fire putting them out and helping everybody and trying to make sure people get resources and then one day they wake up and they're all spent out and they're all exhausted and exasperated um, and they don't have anything else left in the tank. Um, and right. that, that's very important. What you just mentioned is knowing how to say no, because that, right. that, that, that's one word that is very scarce in a social worker's uh, vocabulary. Is it, it is. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> is. You know, and, and, and that's because social workers are very caring um, people and we want to help everybody but we do have to say no and and i always say when, when we talk about that is just think about whenever you go traveling and you're on the plane before it pulls off the one thing that they say after they go over all of the um you know safety precautions they say in the event of an emergency life ma- put your 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 life mask or your life jacket on first so mm-hmm. you've got to keep yourself together in order to right. be of service and benefit to somebody else. Um, and that's so true. That's, and, that's very true. Yes. And that brings us to a final point that we, I'd like to wrap up with. The importance of self-care for everybody, not just social workers. Um, and I know you just alluded on that. But if you could just leave our listeners with, with something that they can kind of think on and, and, and focus on about self-care, which is so, so important, especially now in today's climate with everything going on with the pandemic, you know, with the, you know, the, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and so many things, so right. many stresses, pressures, you know, parents being home with kids doing homeschooling, working from home, uh, you know, those that are frontline workers, you know, being concerned about, you know, still, you know, hoping that they don't contract, you know, the virus and bring it home. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you wrap it up for us and put it in a nice um, package about self-care for everybody? I think it's important to know that self-care is just not about unwinding at the end of the day, but it's about checking in on your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Um, I found that that whole combination is what's going to help get us through this pandemic and checking in on each other to make sure that each of those areas are good. And if they're not, you know, tapping into people that can help you lift up your spirits. And one thing that I say to that social workers, you know, we go and we comfort everybody else. um, But it's okay not to be okay. That and, is true. And and that's that's where, you know, it, it takes a lot of a lot of courage and a lot of insight and a lot of wisdom to say, you know, listen, I I just don't have any more left to give. I've given all that I could, you know, taking a mental health day, 
uh, taking a few days off, learning how to say no. All those are very important things. Um, I like the point that you made about checking in with that, with, you, with each other, making sure, you know, your friends and your colleagues are okay, making sure family members are okay. You know, right. Very yeah, important. This is the time. Yes. Um, very important. Also check in with young children because they, oh, yes. they have a whole nother level of stress and they can't, maybe they can't verbalize it that way. So that's really important. Also, um, the, elderly. Uh, the seniors, right. Yeah. The seniors too. Yes. Cause absolutely. they're isolated mm-hmm. and you know, especially seeing the ones in the nursing facility, mm-hmm. some of them still is going on their day to day. They're not really sure what's going on, mm-hmm. but they just know that they're restricted in doing things. So yes, their mental health needs to be checked in as well. And, and this is where the social workers come in. Yes, indeed. I agree with you a hundred percent. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here. You've been a wonderful guest, uh, Miss Alyssa Brown. Congratulations on completing your MSW. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the best um, in your journey going forward. Um, you're certainly going to make a wonderful social worker. You're going to make Adelphi School of Social Work very proud. And I'm honored to call you now a colleague. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating this platform as yours, you know, to allow the world to begin seeing the work and the value that we do. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. So I appreciate you coming on and taking time out. Thank you kindly. Thank you so much for having me. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.